Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, welcome to this month, Cool Talk. I'm Ian Sanderson from Danfoss Cooling. And online I have my colleague John Broughton, also from Danfoss Cooling Global Applications. Today we'll be taking a closer look at the interesting things John has seen while out on his site visits in relation to installations of condensing units and general refrigeration installs. Hi John. Good to have you back for this uh, talk about installations, about the good, the bad and the absolutely terrible. John, I guess you've seen all manners of applications and installations from the good to the not so good and everything in between. So let's start with the good things. What makes a good installation? Hi, Jens. Glad to be back. Um, yeah, it's quite an interesting topic, to be honest. I'd say if you talk about the good, it, it has to start with the good design, you know, going back to first principles, ensuring that you've got the right size of equipment, for example, for the refrigeration duty that you've got, um, a good installation. And that means many things to, to many people, but you know, we've got to look at the correct location for the evaporator, correct location for the condensed unit, make sure we've got the correct pipe size. And that is important and uh, you know, you, you need that to get the correct velocity, which ensures good oil return back to the compressor. And then things like during the commissioning process, you know, the expansion valve needs to be adjusted to make sure that we've got the right level of superheat in the evaporator, but also getting a good return suction gas back to the compressor. And then after the commissioning, um, I always think it's good practice to return to site, you know, to check things like oil levels, pressures, temperatures, make sure everything is working as it should. I know that's not always possible, but, uh, you know, for me, that is good practice. So for me, that is the sort of good part if you like yeah yeah that, that that makes a lot of sense so if if that's an example of the good what about the bad ones what's the most memorable installation that you have seen to put it that way i guess uh, thinking about the most memorable site it was actually two thick speed condensing units that were connected on a common suction common liquid line which was connected to several display cases in a shop uh, and each of the display cases had its own thermostat operating uh, pumped down with a solenoid valve. So apart from the obvious oil return issues to each compressor, the other real danger was the balance of the system. Now, when the system was working fine, all the display cases were calling for cooling and both compressors were running, then the pressures and temperatures were about where they should be. The challenge was that if one of the display cases cut out on thermostat, then the suction pressure took a dive. And if another display case cut out in temperature, then the suction pressure you know, fell even further. And basically this went on because the system was, was just not in balance um, when any one or more of the display cases was off on thermostat. And this basically led the compressor to cycle on the LP switch, stopping and starting every few minutes, which eventually led to compressor failure. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. Uh, that's, that's a bad one. So even from the initial design stage, 
you could say that the installation was never really going to work uh, in the in in the right manner, I guess. So that's an example of the good and the bad. But what about the absolutely terrible ones, the ugly ones? Is there such a thing as an ugly installation? Well, I would say yes, Jens, I guess. It, it all comes back down to sort of personal preference. And what, what looks nice to one person can look like a bag of spanners to the next. Again, to me at least, it comes back to the basics. You know, all the components should be installed correctly, neatly, and, and ready to carry out their function, if you like. Now, if we talk about a simple cold room installation, you know, the condensing unit should be installed on a suitable solid surface, such as a concrete pad or wall brackets, if it's wall mounted. It should be level and square. Um, the evaporator, again, you know, that, that should be level and square, should be positioned centrally against the wall with the correct air clearances around it. Pipework, you know, again, should be straight, square, suitably fixed using brackets at the correct centers. Cable should be fixed, you know, preferably on a cable tray or similar. Um, so thinking about it in simple terms, that the installation should be correct both mechanically and visually to me. It should look good. Um, some days I go to site and I think to myself, you know, they've, they've done a really nice job here. Uh, everything is correct. It looks nice. And then other times you go to site and I want to cry um, because it, it just doesn't look uh, a good installation because things are not done as they should be. Yeah, 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 I understand and agree. But that, that actually also means that you can tell from just the mere look at it, actually. Mm, I mean, let's say it, it gives me hope that there was care and attention yeah. to the detail during that installation process, which in my mind means it, it stands a better chance of being installed, commissioned and put into service correctly, rather than a installation that looks like it was thrown in from across the street. Um, this sort of topic of neatness reminds me of, of one of our previous chats on, on pipe work when we was talking to a friend of mine about the days of installs and we got talking about the sort of company favourite comments and one of the favourites was it's not a sausage making competition and this basically comes back to the fact that if you tie wrap your cables to your suction pipe and you do the tie wraps tight then you compromise the effectiveness of the insulation but then the pipework also looks like a string of sausages so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's that visual appearance, uh, both mechanically and pleasingly, if you like, that to me means people have took time, care and attention to put a good job in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, thinking about the different components uh, in, in, in general, when we're looking at a refrigeration system, whatever it is, are there any specific component that are, say, more uh, exposed to bad installations than others? Mm, another very good uh, question. Um, I'd probably say from experience, it's probably three things and maybe four, um, but I would say the compressor itself, um, the expansion valve, expansion device, and the location of the condenser and the evaporator to a certain extent but let's focus on the sort of first three things um, and this might bring us back to the, the bad in our title 
it, it's quite difficult, I guess, in refrigeration to totally separate components because each component has a job to do. And if it's not installed commissioned correctly, let's say, then it can affect the operation of other components in the system. So as a sort of explanation, I guess, um, if, if we take the compressor now, every compressor is made to do a job, um, be it low, medium or high back pressure. It needs oil to lubricate the bearings and, you know, the, the motion work, the piston, the conrods, the scroll set, if it's a scroll, uh, depending on the technology that's within the compressor. And it does all of this by working it inside its so-called operating envelope, which is a mixture of pressure and temperature limitations, where we keep the compressor, as I've called it many times, in its happy place. Um, but let, let's take oil, as I would say, probably the most important topic. Um, it's the lifeblood of the compressor, basically. So unless we're talking about, let's say, a magnetic uh, bearing compressor, such as the Danfoss Turbocore, but that's a, that's a topic for another day, I guess. Um, the compressor is manufactured in the Danfoss factory. Uh, it's delivered from that factory with a certain amount of oil in the crankcase. Now, due to the, the, the action of the compressor when it's working, that oil um, uh, can be carried over into the rest of the refrigeration system and that needs to be returned to the compressor. Now there might be an oil separator fitted in the discharge line or they might not, depends on the application and the rest of the oil will or should return back to the compressor in the uh, suction vapour. Now if the system is designed correctly uh, then everything is, is, is fine but if the system is designed incorrectly with the wrong size pipework and maybe the there's lack of oil traps in the pipework, maybe we've got some vertical risers in there. This will eventually lead to the compressor failing through lack of lubrication because the oil is not getting brought back to the machine. Um, and I think from my history, let's say within Danfoss, if we talk about warranty returns, roughly 20% of all the compressors that come back for warranty inspection have got no oil in them. So mm. it's a huge percentage of machines that actually come back with no oil in. Um, so I'd probably take that as my my most important um, sort of topic of, uh, you know, how to look after a product within a system. The second one we sort of spoke about was the expansion valve. Now that uh, regulates the supery in the evaporator and consequently has a, a great influence on the return gas temperature back to the compressor. If that valve is not set up on site during the commissioning process, it can affect the performance of the evaporator, but it can also affect the life of the compressor by either having a too high suction superheat, which raises the discharge temperature, which is not good for the compressor, or a low suction superheat, which gives us liquid flood back to the compressor. Again, not good for the compressor. Um, so that that's the sort of those those two, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So as you said, the the operation of the expansion valve can cause issues with the operation of the compressor and and the, the system in general. You mentioned the condenser. Have you seen any good, bad, and ugly examples of that that you can mention, maybe? Uh, yeah. I mean, the sort of most. Uh, interesting one comes to mind but let's just remember the the function of the condenser now that the, the function of that is to reject heat 
from the refrigerated space plus the, the heat of compression you know that the action of the compressor yeah. itself and to do this it needs unobstructed air, airflow and a clean surface for that uh, heat exchange to take place now sometimes the, the most basic of issues can be overlooked one particular site that, that springs to mind, I was called to go to site because we had reports of a condensed unit that was tripping on the high pressure switch. And as soon as I got on the roof, the, the, the cause of this was immediately apparent, at least to me, um, as the face of the condenser was directly in front of a kitchen extract fan from a fast food restaurant. Now, not only was the air coming out of that extract, you know, quite warm, um, it was also very greasy. And that yeah. grease had coated the condenser, resulting in a you know vastly reduced function. Um, so that was probably the most interesting one, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, we, we've also, or I've also seen the reverse issue, and in, uh, in winter time, where there was a, a lone condensed unit. It was in a light well, and uh, this was surrounded by AC units, which were in, in reverse mode. So their condensers were, in fact, evaporators. And that poor condenser unit, which had no head pressure control, was absolutely freezing, um, mm. which led to a low head pressure, uh, which did not give the expansion valve enough pressure drop to operate correctly. So yeah, like you've that. got the sort of, you know, worst condition for sort of heat and, and poor air exchange. Then you've got the other one, which is basically too much yeah yeah jeez yeah uh just just to keep on 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 uh, talking about condensers uh, at danfoss we're using the micro channel condensers in our condensing units so how do these uh, differ from from the you could say the traditional fin and tube types um and and have you had any experience with that um yeah, like, like I said previously, a condenser, you know, it's got a job to do, and that job is to uh, is heat exchange. The the benefit of using the microchannel heat exchanger is that you get higher performance and also a reduced refrigerant charge in the system. Um, the other the other benefit of the uh, microchannel is that the dirt sticks to the front surface of the microchannel like a mat. So to clean it, you literally just need a soft brush, and that uh, comes off. On the, as you said, the more traditional fin and tube type coils, the dirt tends to get also inside the spacing between the fin and the tube. So that's actually harder to clean. And then you need, um, you know, compressed air, for example, to try and get all of the dirt out of those type of condensers. I do remember one memorable uh, incident on site, and this was not within Europe, this was uh, elsewhere in the world. And the contractor employed a cleaning company to clean a bank of remote condensers. And these were the old uh, or traditional fin and tube type. And when I got to, 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 to site, to my surprise, they were using a petrol driven a pressure washer to clean the condensers. Mm. And by the time they'd actually finished, the condensers were definitely clean, but there was, let's say, less fins on them than there should be. So <laughs> that, that's a sort of warning to say, you know, Clean it, but but just be wary of uh, what you're actually doing. Yeah, cleaning off the fins. Well, yeah. 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 But what what you're actually saying, uh, well, or sum up what you have said is is actually to to be extremely uh, cautious about where you place your your condenser, your condensing unit, 
in order to take all different kinds of uh, situations into uh, consideration, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, the the ambient in 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 all its glory, basically temperatures and and exposure to whatever it might be, dirt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, have you have you had any uh, say uh, thoughts discussions maybe with with uh, installations that uh, has not really been sort of you know up to to standards in that respect? It, it, it's quite difficult, Jens, to be honest, when you're on site because that contractor has you know done the installation to his standard, if you like. Um, one thing that I do mention a lot uh, when I'm on site, and it, it's not uh, it's not every installation for sure, but occasionally you'll find a condensing unit that is at ground level. Uh, it's at the back of a, a shop, for example, or an industrial unit, and there is plant growth, let's say, mm -hmm. around the the area, and it's okay now, but you know maybe give it uh, 12 months, two years. That plant growth might have, you know, grown quite a lot. And I, I did go to one particular food factory in the north of England, where there was a, a small jungle round the back of the unit, yeah. uh, which was, you know, considerably re restricting the airflow. Um, and as the guy said to me, he was very surprised that this uh, plant had grown so quickly, because when they did the original installation, the area was clear. Um, so there's a few things to, to sort of think about and you, you see that more, I have to say, with air conditioning units. Um, I see that quite often when I'm out, out and about having a look, but uh, yeah, occasionally you, you see it with uh, fridge condensers as well. So yeah. yeah, just to be you know aware of your surroundings, not only when you're doing the actual install, but think about what will happen in you know 12 months, two years, five years down the line uh, with that unit. Yeah, yeah, we've seen some funny pictures of, of, of uh, trees literally growing through the outdoor unit. That's pretty amazing, actually. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's hopefully only uh, a few examples. Um, John, thank you so much for for your time, uh, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the 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 small chat that we have. Uh, yeah. That's uh, always good to uh, talk, Jens, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, John, and have a nice day. Okay, cheers. Bye, Jens. Bye-bye.